You're listening to Episode 5, Part 3 of the Kimberly Shiro Series with Natasha Short and Tallulah Bindry. Let's talk about, because I was, I was saying to you earlier how, you know, it's, you, at, the, at your age of 23, you're, you've been given an unusual sort of um, opportunity, I guess, to have your voice amplified as an Aboriginal woman um, through Deadly Justice, your radio program, and also the fact that you write for the local paper. Can, can we talk a little bit more about that and how you, first of all, how you came into having Deadly Justice, the radio show? Yeah, uh, I think, look, <laughs> I think it's the right place, right time for me. I think, I'm, I, like I said, I'm extremely lucky. Yeah. And, again, I think I put things out to the universe and the universe provides, so I am very lucky. Yeah. Um, I started this job, so I... I got the role in July 2019 yep. um, and at the time one of my really close friends Sarush was working as our systemic advocate role or systemic advocacy role yep. um, and he's had like a long history with KCLS and, and he's one of those people who like to challenge the norms a little bit so he said to me um, look it's your first week on the job you're gonna do a radio show and I was like what? He goes, your role's community outreach and education. We're going to set you up and you're going to do a radio show. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Um, and so he, yeah, he, he set up the meetings and he dragged me along and I was really new and he said, we're going to co-host this show. So I owe Deadly Justice 100% to Sarush because he got it up on the ground and running First basically. First as part of your role. Yeah. Because you did community outreach and then it's just branched off. Yes. Wow. So, and That's he fabulous. was, he knew he was going to be in the role for six months. So he said, I'm going to set this up so that when I leave, you have a show. Wow. And if you don't make anything else of this job, at least you've got a radio show. And um, so I owe absolutely everything to Sarush. Yep. And did you call it Deadly Justice? He did. Okay. It's his, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so, so, and he, we came onto the show and he said, all right, let's, you know, what are some topics you think? And I wrote a list of topics and he basically sorted who we were going to interview, what we were going to talk about. And we'd come in here and he was, he would sit where you are and I'd sit here and we'd just have a chat. And then as the months went by, he said, okay, you need to be more confident in who you're going to interview and be more natural on the radio. And so, yeah, the radio show is 100% Sarusha. He's the reason that all what a great place. opportunity and, yeah. and just experience that allows you to in a, in a very comfortable way you know grow in that understanding of how a studio works and be comfortable around all this equipment and you know be confident in speaking and talking to a variety of different guests and then learning that you do as well when you're speaking to all these different people yeah it's amazing because you just don't know people's stories you don't know what they've learned you don't know who they know you don't know where they've been yeah and it's fascinating isn't it absolutely and the other thing is what I really like about the show and more recently since I've started this kind of segment, Scuttermob, which celebrates Aboriginal people's achievements, one thing that I've um, really appreciated is the opportunity to give other people a voice. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about the content of the show for me, yeah. but it's more about building this partnership yeah. between myself, the show and this person. Yes. And my most favourite thing to see is when I do, so before the show airs, I try to do a promo. Yeah. And for the Scudder Mob show, I've been doing a promo and I get a photo of the person and I'll talk a little bit about that person. Yeah. And I'll say, so your daughter was on the show, Sophia. So yeah. you've seen the promo I did. Yes. I took a photo, got a photo of her and I did, oh, yeah, Sophia's doing this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. My most favourite thing to see is all of her family sharing that. Yeah. All of their family sharing it, everybody liking it, commenting, going, hey, he's got a yeah, like all this stuff, you know? It's exactly what happens uh, with my work through Kimberly Birds. That's exactly what happens and that's exactly what I love as well. 
So building that platform, letting that person have the glory, the you know, the position, the you know, the limelight, which mm. none, none of our people seek independently usually. Yeah. You know, and so you're building it for them, and then they're getting that. I'm sure that they're you know secretly, privately liking it. Yeah. You yeah, because yeah. people are saying, oh, yeah, like you said, Scudder Girl, mm. lovely, good to see you, you know, and all this sort of... Proud of you, my sis. Proud like, of you. Know. you. It's so... Oh, I find it so satisfying. Yeah. It's just something that I really love too in my role, so I totally get that. That's that's the whole reason I love doing that is because yeah. I like being able to provide that voice for people. Yeah, and the impact. Yeah. The impact that it gets, you know, and it's just all those little positive things together building up to be that, you know, greater... Yeah. You know, way of promoting our culture and people. Absolutely. So that's one thing I'm I'm super... That's why I do the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so did Deadly Justice lead into you being able to write for the paper? No, actually. That was kind of all of a sudden. Um, I, that was... So after I won Kimberly Girl, um, Broom... Jacob Adele, who was the editor at the time, Broom Advertiser, rang me for an interview for the paper. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. No. So I did this interview and he said, um, look, I've had a really good interview. Would you like to write for us? And yeah. I was like, huh, let me think about it. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, yeah, so I went back to him and I said, look, I, th- I would really very much like to write for you. And um, I guess it's interesting because I actually had a really hard time with the Broom Advertiser a few months prior to that. Yeah. And it was actually because there was an article written about my partner. And so for those who don't know me, my partner had a bit of a, hard time Um, and he was going through district court at the time and um, there was like a pretty nasty article written about him and I struggled with that and I felt really ashamed and I felt really guilty he felt ashamed and he's in prison at the moment and he was like going through a hard time in prison because everybody had read that article in prison it was in newspapers and everything so yeah I had a really hard time with that article and so when Jacob wanted to wanted me to write, I weighed up my options and I said, look, at the end of the day, one thing I am passionate about is kind of challenging these stereotypes. So people expect Aboriginal people to get angry. Yeah. So when I'm doing it from kind of the inside out in a very positive way, People often don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So I try really hard in the articles not to be offensive. I try to challenge, but I don't. I'm trying. I'm not yeah. meaning to be offensive. Yeah. Um. So I think why I wanted to do that was because I wanted to write things that had, uh, like, a platform where Gadi people and Aboriginal people could read this. You'd see an article that was, you know, maybe tough to read, and then next to it something that went. Oh yeah, interesting. Let's challenge this, you know, like Yeah. So I I don't know how to say that in a way, but I guess what I mean is that I wanted to to do it from the inside out. Yeah. Does that mean? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, like does Makes that sense. Yeah, sorry. Yep. So yeah, I guess that's why the other thing I wanted to make sure was that I didn't get paid for that and I didn't want it to be edited. So Jacob was pretty open to me writing these articles. You know, he fixes up a full stop every now and then, but the message is the same. The message is as I've written it. Yeah. So I'm very lucky that I've yeah. had that platform. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic platform. Let's talk about another platform, which was last year in 2020. You had won a Kimberly Girl. Yeah. Tell us about that experience and what how you sort of found it and enjoyed about it or didn't enjoy about it or whatever. It, it was really interesting because I I mentioned to you earlier. I think towards middle slash. Towards the end of last year, I was 
really struggling with some self-esteem issues. Yep. And I think this has a fair bit to do with what happened with me and my partner. So it was a bit of a domestic violence situation. Yeah. I was, you know, I'd been diagnosed with OCD at the time, um, PTSD, so sorry, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, plus depression and severe anxiety and a bit of social anxiety alongside that. Wow, that's a lot. I know. So I was going through this kind of plethora of mental health issues and I was really struggling. Yeah. Um, And COVID... Um, exacerbated this in the sense that because we'd been locked up in isolation, I got sent home. I was fortunate enough to keep my job, but I got sent yeah. home. Yeah. Um, so I, I, because I was spending all my job and my time at home, I found it really hard to go to the shop. And yeah. and I noticed that I was struggling with anxiety because I hadn't had anxiety before that. Yeah. Uh, social anxiety, sorry. Yeah. So I knew it was social anxiety because I know what it's like to not have it and then to have it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really struggled with all of that and then um, I we, we got take, we got sent back to the office and I'm like, I don't even know how to get started here. My job is community outreach and I'm struggling with social anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I can't talk to people. Yeah. And it's my job to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and so the, I saw the post on the page and it came up on my newsfeed about, like, sign up and, and I think it was, like, a week before all the applications were due in and I was like, should I, should I not? And a colleague was like, yeah, you should. You should do it, you know, you should really do it. Yeah. And I just went, I don't think I want to, you know, I'm panicking about this stuff. And yeah. and she said, look, at the end of the day, you need to get a handle on your social anxiety and this is the way you do this it. This is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was purely because... I wanted to be able to get these skills back to do my job better. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to feel confident in what I was saying. I wanted some skills in public speaking. Um, Imagine if you knew that you were going to win it. I had not a clue. <laughs> and at that time, I also I found out once I'd put my application in, I'd found out that my sister was doing it as well. Yep. And my sister, oh, she's Carly Rogers. Yep. God, she's stunning and she's humble and she's sweet and she's gentle. Yep. And so I'm like... I, I was like, oh, I, she's got it, you know. She's She was just – and I really enjoyed the Kimberly Girl program because her and I became a lot more close yeah. during that time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I wasn't – that that didn't come about in – and I'd always been someone who kind of looked up to Kimberly Girl. I saw yeah. Kimberly Girl when I was a well, kid. Well, I was here and I heard your speech and you were saying, oh, I've, saw, I've seen this program since I was a little girl and I always wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. So it was something that I witnessed when I was in Fitzroy, when they had the Fitzroy heats and I watched all Bianca, um, Bianca Nogodomobo and um, Adriana Hobbs and everybody come up and do that as well. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, there's all my, you know, my gang doing that. And so I always wanted to do it. It was something that I have always wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Um, but at that moment in my life, I was like, I didn't think at all. It was purely because I wanted to kind of get a handle on my social anxiety and I thought maybe amazing meeting these girls and yeah. doing Yeah, and, and of course my daughter was a runner-up to you last year. Yeah, amazing. She was just amazing. And yeah. how she handled that question, yeah. oh, my gosh, <laughs> she just has such a stage presence and she's so confident and, yeah, that was really cool. Well, I was talking with her about it later because she was so chuffed. She had no idea that she would get, you know, the runner-up and she said, oh, well, when, we, when I saw Tallulah, I knew that she was going to win it. She's just so confident and out there and... <laughs> You know what that I think about, and she was so grateful to not win it. Like she just, she was like, "Oh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want that, that position. I'm glad to be, you know, I'm so super glad to be su- uh, the runner-up, you know." It, it was, 
was a lot of attention very quickly, which I think I struggled with as well. And I think I'm also still struggling with it. Yeah. Not. I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. But the thing that I struggle with now is saying no. Yeah. So I find on Sunday I had a really overwhelming kind of oh shivers I got to do this and I got to do this and I've I've committed to this and I got to do this and I, I was getting really overwhelmed my brain wouldn't shut down yeah so I went you know what I'm going to take myself to the movies and so I yeah. went to the movies by myself and and Beautiful. that was what I needed to do but I, I I'm as I said so grateful for that opportunity but I yeah. I'm struggling now because I'm overwhelmed I'm getting yes. lots of opportunities and yeah but did it help you with your original reason of going into it and, and getting back into that social absolutely engagement so yeah. it achieved it it sort of yes yeah I, I've been yeah I've been very lucky and um, I think I think that the yeah. biggest thing is that um, it's able to it's pushed me kind of into a a place where I can network better with people and essentially yeah. get the ultimate goal which is yeah Meaning and purpose, I think. I think it's a great program, and I think I know it's been going for a long time now. So just really, I love the you know the leadership of it, the building of confidence, the exposing young girls to different ways, and you know, mm. and uh, putting them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, and the other thing that I really appreciate is that the Kimberly Girl journey doesn't end there. Yeah. If you don't, if you've participated in the program, yeah. they're looking at you. Oh, I remember this girl. She was passionate about this and this and this. There's a job yes. opportunity here. Yeah. Let's handball that that way. You know, you don't yeah. have to win. You don't have to whatever. Absolutely. If you've been a part of that program, yeah. it opens so many doors, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. No, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, if someone was to meet you, didn't know you and they, and, and they wanted to find out a little bit more about you, how would you explain yourself in a few characteristics that is the hardest <laughs> question take, um, take a couple of minutes take take some time because this is a good question do you know what this is so funny i had a conversation uh, you uh, you know taryn obviously you've worked yes, with taryn. Yes. so taryn was on my show last week yes and one of the things i said to her was that in this work that we do we, we were discussing this in this work that me and taryn do um it's really hard for us to personal and professional life separate yeah because they're so interconnected sometimes right so when when people i work with go to your people they can take the lawyer hat off when they go home and just have a home life yes i mean it's hard you kind of take on board the extra things that happen but essentially the idea is that you're a lawyer from 8 30 to 4 30 and then you go home and you're whoever yeah i can't do that because people call me at eight o'clock at night and they go your mom can help me with this. Da, da, da. So, yeah. Um, we were talking about taking off and putting on different hats. Yes. Okay, so you put on the radio hat and you put on the broom advertiser hat and you put on the whatever hat. And I said, nope, I have one hat. Yeah. I don't take them off. I don't take it off and go, yeah. this yeah. is what I do now. Yeah. It's all one hat. I can't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> getting back to my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I don't know. How would you describe yourself? Jesus, um, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I'm Tallulah. I'm from Wangajunga <laughs> community. Um, I'm 23. <laughs> I live in Broome. <laughs> I I have no idea. Do you mean three characteristics? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm hardworking, and I guess um, I one thing that I do admire about myself is that I believe in the inherent good of people. Yeah. 
So I'm maybe you turn that around and you say you're accepting. Yeah. But I genuinely believe that not everyone's bad. I think that they've had bad things happen and I think that they've maybe made bad decisions. But yeah. I do admire my ability to see an inherent good in all people. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Accepting is probably the one word that you'd sum that up to. I think it's a quality of many Aboriginal people. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm, to the detriment sometimes. Absolutely. You gotta, Again, me you, not being able to say you, no. You've got to be a little bit wise. Mm. So as time goes on, it's it's a beautiful thing to believe the best about people mm. and see the good. And I love that quality when I when I see p- people like that way inclined. But I also think got to be a little bit careful. Right. Um, because sometimes, you know, people aren't what they, what they um, you know, um, what's the word? They aren't what they they say that they are. I think, and on that though, I think that we need to be generally okay with that because Mm. there's a reason why people have been there in the first place. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like that that saying, hate the player, hate the game, not the player or whatever it is. But I kind of think that if there's some ulterior motive here, something has happened along the lines for this person to get to this point. So you need to be generally pretty understanding as to why someone's got to that point in the first place mm. anyway maybe another thing i would say is brave i think yeah i don't turn down an opportunity because i'm scared and even though i've struggled with this social anxiety and this anxiety and a bit of ptsd yeah. and whatever else yeah i never turn down a challenge because i'm scared and that's fabulous I, I was talking to a group yesterday and i said fear is just false evidence appearing real oh yeah okay <laughs> I think people, you know, I'm really, and look, COVID is still a relevant conversation right now and I feel that people are unnaturally fearful about things, mm. whereas I'm not a fearful person, generally speaking, mm. generally speaking. So I do whatever I need to do. I go wherever I need to go. I speak to whoever I need to speak to. Right. And so when I see people acting in a certain way, I'm thinking to myself, are you being unnaturally, unnaturally fearful about something that's just you don't have control over? Mm. You can use common sense. You can use, you know, your brains to get, uh, you know, do a certain thing or avoid certain drama. But other than that, there's no need to be consumed by fear. Right. And sometimes that happens, hmm. you know. But it's great that you can say, I don't let fear stop me. No. Because sometimes it does. It does make people stop. Right. And I think, no, go and pursue your dreams. Hmm. Go and chase them, you know. Don't, don't let fear stop you because it is false evidence appearing real. Right. If I, if a challenge, if something is challenged to me, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, I might say no for some other reason, but it won't ever because I'm, be because I'm scared. Which is brilliant. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think it's really interesting because, yeah, I, I my best friend is um, my absolute soulmate and she's the other half of, you know, she's just my biggest support and my, you know, I adore her. But one thing, she's she's a very nervous person. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to coach her through a lot of, you know, it's okay, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Um, and I'm lucky, I've been a nervous person, but I've never, one of the biggest sayings, I guess, and it comes back to me wanting to buy a house. I put an offer on a house that got declined recently. Yeah. And I had a bit of a cry about it and went, oh, how am I going to pick myself up from this? Yeah. And I remember telling myself before I put the offer down, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What is the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, you exactly. get declined, which has happened. Yeah. 
And what? You know? Something else better comes along. Exactly. That's like, what's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. It's what's not. the worst that can happen, I think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So as we wrap up now, what's on the bucket list for Tallulah Bindery? That's also a hard question. <laughs> um, well, I guess buy a house. <laughs> yep. Um, look, I don't know. I do want to get back into my study. I think I need to be in the right um, frame of mind, um, pos- financial position, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to go back into that. Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky because I've got a good support at work yep. to help me through that. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I want to be in the Kimberley for a long time. Yeah. Um, I was always one of those people who planned like my weeks and my months and my minutes and my seconds and my hours and whatever. Um, and now I'm not because I always yeah. feel like you can plan as much as you want, but life hits you. Absolutely. <laughs> so look, I don't. I don't really have any kind of big goals for the time being. My bucket list at some point is travel the world, yeah. buy a house. Um, maybe skydive off the Swiss Alps. Um, <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> like, Why not? Yeah, I would like to go back to the UK and um, spend some more time exploring my Gaudiya side yes. heritage up that side. Yes. Um, and, yep. <laughs> well, whatever it is that you want to do, I have got no doubt that you will achieve those things. Oh, thank you. So I wish you all the best. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for coming in here today and speaking with me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Stay connected with us by following Kimberly Jiggers on all social media platforms. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share the podcast with your family and friends.